When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we're all realizing that the quality of our air, and particularly the quality of our indoor air, is really darn important. I'm so excited to tell you about Puro Air because in 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called a HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. I keep my Puro Air running upstairs where the bedrooms are all night. I love that it's quiet. Cleaner air just hits different, doesn't it? Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, getpuroair.com. You're listening to Episode 61 of the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast. You are listening to the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast, a show about living simply and sustainably with your family. Here's your host, Stephanie Safarian. Hi friends, welcome back. Have you ever started a major decluttering effort only to lose steam halfway through? It happens. If so, this episode is for you. We've all been there, right? We have great intentions, but we hit a particularly challenging space in our house or we find ourselves amongst a bunch of sentimental items. It happens. It happens to all of us. That's why this week I am chatting with Melissa Russell. She is a fellow minimalist blogger who's here to offer five concrete steps to staying motivated when the task gets tough. What I love about Melissa is she's not just about getting it done. She's also about enjoying the decluttering process. You will hear her say today that she thinks that decluttering and the act of becoming a minimalist can be fun. And she offers some ways to actually make it fun, which I love. Everything Melissa and I talk about today is in this week's show notes. You can also sign up for early bird access for the 14 Days to a Zero Waste Kitchen course that's coming out so soon. Show notes are found at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 061, M-A-M-A minimalist.com forward slash 061. Enjoy the interview. Melissa, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing really well, thank you, and thanks for having me. I am so excited to pick your brain all about decluttering and minimalism. Because you say that decluttering can be fun, and I must say you are the first person I have ever heard say that, but we will get there. (laughs) Let's start off with you just telling us who you are and how you found yourself blogging about minimalism. For sure. So I'm Melissa. I blog at Simple Lionheart Life, and I am from central Alberta, Canada. Uh, I live here with my two kids and my husband, and uh, I started decluttering when my daughter was about 18 months old. And she was a typical toddler and got into everything she could get her hands on. And I just, I found myself getting so sick and frustrated and just annoyed with picking up the same stuff day after day after day. And I realized, you know, half of this stuff we don't even use or need or even like. And why am I wasting so much time and energy picking it up after she gets into it? So I started decluttering and I quickly realized, you know, this makes life so much easier. And if I get rid of this stuff... I am not frustrated so much and I have more time. And 
And so that just kind of snowballed and I started getting rid of more and more and realized it just got better and better. And, you know, as I started living with the benefits of having less stuff, I thought, you know, this is exciting. And this is like a simple change that families can make. And I just felt excited and inspired to share what I was learning with other people. And that's what led me to start my blog. You mentioned the benefit of not having to pick up the same toys. And I think what you're saying with that benefit is that life was simpler. Did you experience any other benefits either immediately or after a while of becoming a minimalist? Yeah, there's so many things. I think the biggest thing I've experienced is just how much more time I have and how much more in control of my time I can be. Uh, So I can use my time for things I love and to spend with my family and for what's important to me instead of it all getting sucked up managing the stuff in our house. Um, But then beyond that, there was lots of so many other things. Like I felt so much happier and I was just less stressed and less cranky. Like when our house gets messy and chaotic and cluttered, I feel really stressed and cranky. And of course that comes out and my family takes the brunt of it usually. So it was such a simple solution to get rid of that stuff and take that source of stress away. That was an easy fix for that one. Um, And then it's just, you know, I I feel like we have better relationships as a family. We connect more. We have more time to do things together. And even things like um, our spending habits have improved because we, when you make the choice to own less, you tend to buy less. So we can be more intentional about where our money goes and use it for things we really want to do as a family. Hmm. I've been fortunate enough to speak to an awful lot of minimalists by doing this podcast. And I feel like they all say the same thing is that their quality of life improves so much after they begin this simplifying journey. And if anybody has been listening to my podcast for a while, I have touted the benefits of decluttering on almost every episode. So everybody knows that decluttering is beneficial. Minimalism and a minimalist lifestyle is beneficial. But many people still find the process, the actual decluttering, really difficult. Why do you think that is? I think when you're starting the process of decluttering, you're kind of facing, you know, maybe potentially years worth of clutter that you have to go through and make decisions about. And it's It's hard work to do that. It's hard work physically, you know, as you're sorting through this stuff and moving it from place to place. And it's hard work mentally as you're making decision after decision about what's going to stay and what's going to go. And it's hard emotionally, too. We have a lot of attachments to our stuff and we our stuff holds feelings and memories. And it's hard to go through all of those. And I think just the thought of facing all of those decisions and that hard work, it can feel kind of daunting and overwhelming at the beginning. And we know that there's benefits from decluttering and getting rid of the excess stuff from our house, but it's also that we know that you have to put the work in first. And I think that can sometimes just feel intimidating before you get started. And it's kind of like, ooh, I don't even want to take that on. And one thing I found is, Often the hardest part is just getting started. Um, You know, you kind of feel overwhelmed or maybe you don't even know where to start. But often I find once you kind of dive in and get going, it's a lot easier to keep going. And so that's what I always say, like, don't overthink it. Don't just kind of stress or procrastinate too much. Just dive in and get started. Even like right now, just jump up and find 10 things to get rid of. 
And once you kind of break the ice and get going, it feels a lot less intimidating to keep going, I've always found. What I love about your blog is you talk an awful lot about staying mentally and emotionally invested in the task and really staying motivated. I'm wondering, what are your thoughts on having a plan in place? Or sometimes I hear it called a vision statement. What are your thoughts on plans before you even start doing anything in your home? I think that's really important. You know, for any big project you're taking on, whether it's decluttering or another big project you're tackling, I think having a plan is so important because, for one, it breaks down the process into more manageable, smaller steps so that you maybe don't feel as overwhelmed with what you're about to do. And it can keep you on track, you know, especially if you hit a stumbling block along the way or you lose your motivation. A plan just makes it easier and kind of keeps you going. And I think, like you mentioned, having a vision is so important because this is it's going to be hard. Decluttering is a lot of work and it takes a lot of effort. So you need to keep reminding yourself why you're doing it. What do you want to, your life to look like and what do you want to achieve by decluttering your house? So, and then, you know, if you find yourself kind of feeling like, ah, I don't want to do this anymore or I'm just running out of steam, remind yourself, no, I really want to have more time to spend with my family or more money to travel and do the things I want to do, whatever it is, you can remind yourself of that to kind of get your enthusiasm up again. And I think there's also, there's so many little stumbling blocks you can hit when you're decluttering that the fewer barriers you have to actually getting it done, the better it will be. So if you can plan as much of the process in advance, the fewer things will trip you up along the way. So some good things to think about are where you'll declutter in your house, like which rooms are the highest priority, which things are the highest priority. So you kind of have your your game plan before you go. And also planning when you'll declutter. Um, this is one of those things that if you don't plan and schedule it in, it's really easy to never happen. So that's another one. And another good thing is figuring out what you're going to do with the stuff you're getting rid of, because this is a really big stumbling block you know, you'll sort a big pile of stuff you're ready to let go of, but then it sits there. And before you know it, you walk by and you think, oh, that, you know, picture, I I really liked that one time, I should get that back out. Or your kids go by and the toy they haven't played with for four years is suddenly their most precious possession again. And, you know, it's just, it's too easy if you let it sit there for it to slowly just spread back out over the house. And then all of your work is undone and nobody wants that to happen. So I think if you, as much as you can plan in advance, the easier the whole process will be. You're right. Donating your things, running around town, bringing your unwanted items to worthy recipients, that takes an awful lot of time. And I think that new minimalists who love the idea of the lifestyle but haven't actually done any work, and I say that very affectionately to all of you listening, but oftentimes people don't factor how much work that is, donating your stuff. Of course, it's easy to throw it in the trash can, but I never advocate for that. I advocate for putting in the work on the back end as well, which is finding worthy recipients. So I love how you mentioned adding that into your plan. You say that decluttering can be fun. And I need to know, how on earth is decluttering fun? 
Well, I might be the only person in the world who actually enjoys decluttering. It's like my relaxing activity. So for me, it's easy. But I think, you know, for most people, they don't find it fun. It's stressful and not a task they look forward to. And I think the biggest thing is kind of shifting your mindset when you're approaching decluttering. And instead of thinking like, oh, it's a chore and I got to get through this and I don't want to, kind of just shift it around and think, well, how can I make it more fun? Even if I don't want to, what can I do to make it less of a chore? And there's lots of simple ways I've found, like I love a good challenge. So you kind of make it a game and make it just a little more playful. Even if you're doing it on your own, you can set a timer and see how many things you can get rid of before the timer goes or challenge a family member and say, like, let's declutter for 20 minutes and whoever finds the most things to get rid of gets to choose what we have for supper or whatever. You know, it doesn't have to be that big of a deal, but just kind of the little competitive game I I always find makes it more fun. Um, Another great way is to have a decluttering buddy. And it can be someone in person or online, but just someone who's interested in decluttering kind of alongside you. And this is the same, like if you have a workout buddy, you're someone who just keeps you motivated and accountable. And, you know, if you're feeling like you don't want to do it, they might say like, no, come on, we promised each other, let's keep going. Uh, So that's another great way. And then one of my favorite ways is to reward yourself. So you can kind of set little mini decluttering goals, like maybe you want to tackle a closet or, you know, this shelf or this room or whatever it is. And then when you put in the time and effort and do that and reach your decluttering goal, you can treat yourself to something. And I I try to encourage people to pick non things, like something that's not going to add more clutter to your space, but it could be like a treat or you go and do something fun or you go out for a meal or get a massage or whatever it is, but it just helps to reward yourself because we all like rewards. And even things as simple as like uh, making a playlist with your favorite music that kind of gets you, you know, excited and feeling good and play that while you're decluttering. Just little things to make it less of a chore and more enjoyable. I love all of those suggestions. And I will say that there are tons of decluttering challenge groups online. I mean, you can just Google it and you can find hundreds of people, thanks to the World Wide Web, who have the same goals for their homes as you do and can keep you accountable and really keep the process fun. I'm wondering, though, where do you start? Do you start in the easiest room or the most daunting room or somewhere in between? What's your suggestion there? I never think it's a great idea to start in your most daunting room when you're first getting started Um, because that's the place where it's really easy to get overwhelmed and discouraged and maybe just give up altogether. So I always think it's best to start in a really easy place, somewhere you can, you know, get a decluttering win right away and see the results of your hard work. And then that boosts your confidence and your momentum and your motivation and it inspires you to keep going. And I like to think of it as building your decluttering muscles. So the more you declutter and get rid of things, the better you become at getting rid of things. So if you start somewhere easy, you kind of build your muscles and you get better at letting go and you see that it's not so scary and you probably aren't missing anything that you've gotten rid of. So by the time you get to like a really daunting space, something somewhere that's kind of hard for you you'll be better at decluttering. And so the better you get at it, the easier it becomes. Uh, So I always recommend like starting somewhere where you have very little 
emotional or sentimental attachment to the things that are like the bathroom is really good. We usually don't feel that sentimentally attached to our old makeup and a half used bottle of lotion. Um, The pantry is another good one, like, you know, expired food. That's pretty easy, but it's just practicing letting go and getting rid of stuff, even like the coat closet or just somewhere that's not so difficult. And then from there, you can continue moving on. Maybe you want to tackle a slightly harder space next or somewhere that causes a lot of stress in your life. And by the time you get to your hardest place, you'll be pretty good at decluttering. I'm wondering if you can give us some tips and tricks for staying consistent with our efforts and staying on track with our plan when life gets in the way. Because life's crazy for all of us. Time is in short supply and things come up. What tips can you offer for people who really want to get minimalist but are concerned about the things that might occur to derail them. Yeah, I think that's a really good thing to think of because you're right, life happens and everyone's busy and has a full life. And so I think a few things you can do is first schedule your decluttering times. And then when you schedule them in, stick to them. So kind of hold yourself accountable because I think you'll never find the time to declutter unless you make it a priority. So I find like putting it in your schedule, treating it like any other appointment this is the time I will declutter and just stick with that. Um, But sometimes it's hard to find those like bigger chunks of time to do your decluttering. So the other thing you can do is just try to do a little bit of decluttering every day. Because I think with decluttering, consistency is more important than intensity. So if you do a little bit of decluttering consistently, you know, every day or every second day, it goes a long way. And even if it's just 10 minutes a day, it's going to add up. You know, if you work quickly and efficiently for 10 minutes, you can do a lot in 10 minutes. And I think if you just remind yourself that any time you spend decluttering matters, it doesn't have to be hours at a time, even just little bits of time here and there will add up. And then the other thing I like to do is make decluttering kind of a habit, just something you do as you go about your day. So as you're doing, you know, maybe the dishes or picking up or just whatever you're doing, you can keep an eye out for anything you see that you don't, maybe it's something you don't use or you don't need or you don't like anymore, and just kind of put those in a pile to donate or get rid of so that as you move about your day, you're always watching for things that don't need to be in your house anymore. And that work will really add up too. And it will, you know, slowly over time, you'll make a big difference in your home. I love those suggestions. And I especially love the 10 minutes a day idea because you're right. It doesn't have to be this big whirlwind activity where you upend your life and you're living in a disaster zone. Decluttering can be incremental. You can do a little bit every day. And you're right. It definitely does add up. I know <laughs> I know from experience. Yeah. And I think most of us don't have the time to do it all at once. Like not many of us can devote a solid weekend or, you know, hours at a time to doing this. And a lot of us don't have the capacity to do that either. You get tired and you get burned out and you just, you kind of just stop making good decisions after a little while. So 
sometimes doing it in one big session isn't the greatest way to go anyways. Right. And I'm wondering if the lack of motivation comes from when you take on too much too soon and that's when you feel the burnout and that's when you just stop, right? Maybe maybe the solution is to do a little bit every day as opposed to a lot in a weekend. Yeah. And then also, like you said, like your house, when you're doing a big declutter like that, your house kind of gets turned on end and it's a huge mess. And I often find that's the moment when people are like, I've had enough and I can't go anymore. And, And then you're just left with a huge mess in the process. And that's discouraging too. Would you say that aspiring minimalists who do a little every day as opposed to a lot all at once, would those people still receive benefit from the minimalist lifestyle, do you think? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it may take a little bit longer, but you're still going to get to that point. And I find it kind of snowballs. So when you start just doing a little here and there, it inspires you to keep going and you keep continue decluttering and continue getting rid of stuff. And before you know it, you've made, you know, a big difference in one space or all over your house. And I think it's a great way to to go into minimalism is just taking one little step at a time and not getting overwhelmed or discouraged by the process. Hmm. Melissa, where can listeners find your blog and find you on the internet? Uh, There's a few places you can find me on my blog. It's simplelionheartlife.com. I'm also on Instagram. Uh, My username there is simplelionheartlife. Uh, I have a Facebook page, Simple Lion Heart Life again, as well as a Facebook group. Uh, It's called Simple Lion Heart Life, Simplifying, Decluttering, and Minimalism. And this is a really great group of people. I'm so lucky uh, to have connected with so many people who are you know, really committed to simplifying and decluttering and they're excited to be there. So it's a really fun place to hang out. I highly recommend joining that. Um, You can also find me on Pinterest, uh, Simple Lionheart Life again. Um, Yeah. And those are the main places you can find me. I'm totally going to plug your Pinterest right now because it's awesome. (laughs) It might be the best minimalist Pinterest account I've seen. So thank you for putting... thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for putting such great content out into the world. And thank you so much for taking your time and coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was fun. There it is. I hope you enjoyed Melissa's tips, tricks, and strategies. And I hope that they motivate you to get working in your own home. If you were driving or walking or doing something where you didn't have a pen and couldn't write something down, don't you worry. I have you covered. Everything Melissa and I talked about is in this week's show notes at mamaminimalist.com forward slash zero six one. On next week's episode, I'm super excited because I'm giving you a little taste of my 14 Days to Zero Waste course. So I'm taking a little snippet of what we're talking about in the course, and I'm bringing it to you in a podcast episode. So next week, we are talking about ways in which to take home less plastic from the grocery store. I will see you there. Take care. 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.